0: This is passing for normal. Conversations about change—that means conversations about hope, innovation, transformation, courage, activism, and being on the cutting edge. I'm your host, Sharon Weil, and here I speak with fascinating, pioneering change makers across many different fields. We talk about how to make change, meet change, and find the courage to create change in your life and in the larger world around you, bringing new ideas into the mainstream that's Passing for Normal. Hello and welcome to Passing for Normal, where my guest today is Dream Life coach, Debbie Spector-Weissman. Do you want to know more about how to make your dreams a reality and what part your actual night dreaming plays in that? Debbie Spector-Weissman guides people to utilize the images and messages of the dream world to enact change in their waking lives as a coach, author, and podcast host. Debbie is the best-selling author of many fiction and non-fiction books, including 101 Dream Dates, How to Say I Love You to the Most Important Person in Your Life, You. She is featured in many other book compilations about dream work. She hosts the podcast Dream Power Radio and the TV show The Dream Power Show. She has turned her own dreams into reality, so welcome, Debbie. Oh, thank you for having me, Sharon. It's wonderful. I'm, you know, who isn't fascinated by their dreams, right? It seems like it's, uh, you know, it's our own unpredictable movie playing itself out at night. It's the movie that we get to watch that we don't know what it's going to be at night. I
1: tell you, that's the way I see it. But it's surprising how many people just do not pay attention to their dreams. And it's such a shame because our dreams reflect so much about ourselves and we can learn so much about ourselves from our dreams if we pay attention
0: so you know here's a big question to start where do our dreams come from i mean where do they originate physiologically psychologically well this gets us
1: into the discussion about our brain and A little bit about it. And I'm not a brain scientist, so I'm not going to go into all the medical parts of it. Uh, But in short, you know, right now during our daytime, our waking lives, uh, we live in our conscious brain. That's the prefrontal cortex part of our brain that, you know, controls our rational thought and our beings, what we do during our day. When we go to sleep, this part of our brain actually turns off and our subconscious awakens. So our dreams lie deep in our subconscious. And this is the area that is not affected by rational thought and all the things that cloud us up during our daytime, which is why we can get very strong, powerful imagery. Also our visual cortex wakes up during during sleep. This is how we get imagery and these rich Messages that we get from deep within us that are free of all of these filters that we ourselves with during the day. And this is why when we listen to our dreams, we get the images. And of course, you know, the, the one thing about dreams which a lot of people get turned off by is that we don't speak in English in our dreams. Our dreams are symbolic. Filled with symbols, and sometimes if we don't understand what the symbols, mean you know we get confused, and we don't want to pay attention to them. But these symbols, when we can uh, learn what they mean and listen to them, give us so much information about ourselves that can remain hidden. So that's why I love treating work, and I love being able to explain to the world. How our dreams work, what they're telling us, and how we can work with them to make changes in our waking everyday lives.
0: Right. So these these uh, symbols, these images, are they universal, or are they particular to me?
1: Well, yes. The answer to that is yes and no. Um, through uh, in. Of course, we have been dreaming as humans, we've been dreaming ever since we've been alive. But we trace modern dream work to uh, Freud and then Carl Jung, particularly Carl Jung, who introduced the idea of symbology in dreams. And so, you yeah, know, that was maybe 150 years ago, more or less. And in this past 150 years, there's been a collective consciousness of people who have shared their dreams. And so, therefore, there are a lot of symbols that have become uh, you know collectively people agree that symbols mean certain things Um, for example water symbolically can represent the feminine energy and power and uh, you know uh, chasing dreams suggests you know fears and imagery there are certain symbols that are commonplace however that doesn't mean that that symbol is going to mean that to you and as an example, um, this is something I learned very, very early uh, in my, my first start out being a dream life coach. Uh, I had a client who had a dream about chickens. Now, in symbology, chickens would tend to mean fears or being timid or uh, being afraid to speak up for yourself. And the interesting thing was that this dream didn't seem to indicate anything about fears it was a happy dream it didn't seem to make sense to me so I then had to ask well what do you think about chickens what do chickens mean to you and it turns out that this client raised chickens as pets she loved chickens chickens were a very very positive means for her mm-hmm. so and most people have a dream about chicken. It could mean fear, but for her, it was a totally different thing. So, the good thing about symbols is that they're a good starting point. Uh, they can help give you uh, a way to uh, start looking at your dream. But every dream is different. Uh, you can have a dream about, um, you know, the color red, and think it's vibrant. And wonderful and exciting i can have a dream that's color red and think it's scary and fearful and we'll have the same dream but they'll have two entirely different meanings because what's important is how you interpret that symbol for yourself
0: so um you work with people to help them identify what these symbols might be or or to help them make meaning of their dreams? Absolutely. So uh,
1: when I work with somebody, uh, they will talk about their dream and my role as a coach is not to tell my client what the dream means. My role is to ask questions so that in the course of the conversation we have, the client will have what we like to call the aha moment where all these things start to make sense and, you know, the story behind the dream starts to make sense. And we'll go over it and ask questions and questions, you know, on uh, what does this symbol mean to you and what does this symbol mean to you? How does this relate to what's going on in your life? What's happened in your recent life that may... Tie back to the dream, and we will go over this and over this and over this until the person has the realization: Oh, I think this is what the dream is trying to tell me. And this will go on and on until you know we have that moment and that's that's clear. Now I may help in the process. Um, and the way I would do this would be by prefacing my thought with: If it were my dream. I think this might mean this because that's how I would see it if it were my dream. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that's how the person says it. But it's the way to keep the conversation going and the way to keep it going until the person has a very, very, very clear picture in uh, his or her mind of what the dream means. But here's the one thing about dreams that's also very, very, very important to note. Once you have an idea of what the dream means to you, that's all fine. Uh, and what it is at that point is it's a nice story. What makes a dream important and what makes a dream lasting is how you honor the dream and what action you take as a result of the dream. Mm-hmm. dream is giving you a message. Um, you know, it might, and let's say just as an example, um, you have a dream, let's say, let's say you're a happy job and you have a dream that is relating to the job. And as a result of working through the dream, you realize that, oh, I have to speak up to my boss more. That's the message you get. Well, if you don't take action on it and actually do that, then, you know, the dream just sort of fades away and, I said, if you want to have make lasting change as a result of dreams, you do have to take that final action.
0: So, do you also uh, help guide people into action steps? Yes. Well, that's uh, see, I call
1: myself a dream life coach. So that has two definitions or two processes. The first part is helping a person understand their dream. That's step one. And then once they understand the dream, and going back to this example of a person maybe who has to speak up to their boss, maybe they're, they don't have the confidence to speak up to their boss. So as a coach, I have techniques I can use to help instill self-confidence in them or to build up their esteem, or to, to make them feel more comfortable speaking up. You know, and those are different techniques that are, you know, individual to the particular person based on, you know, what they have to work with.
0: Right. So I understand a little bit more. It's it's dream life and it's a dream and life coach that you're bridging that place between dreams, between the imaginal, between that that um, fertile place that informs us. And you then are helping people make that bridge into taking steps into using that information and putting it into the life that they want to have. That, that's correct.
1: And the thing is that, for me, dreams are the fastest way to understand yourself. Uh, there, you know, there are all kinds of life coaches. They all have different techniques. I use dreams because it's, 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 it's a speedy way. I, I like shortcuts. Mm-hmm. And when you understand your dream, it is such a shortcut to cutting through all of the, I want to say the word, crap, that we put in front of ourselves every day. All of those self-limiting beliefs, all of those negative dreams that, we, that cloud our mind whether we realize it or not. Dreams cut through that. It gets to really what our soul is telling us,
0: what our soul is eyeing us to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's why I love working dreams. So a couple of, of uh, questions are, are bubbling up here. So like which one first? So what if I don't remember my dream? So many people say I can't remember my dream or, I, I well, first of all, people say I don't dream. There's that, you know, like a flat line I go to sleep, I wake up, I don't dream. There are other people who have a sense of dreaming, but when they wake up, they can't remember. So, can I still work with my dreams even if I think I don't dream or I can't remember them?
1: We do. Um, we even if we don't remember our dreams, we're still working with them, uh, and the The best way I could put it is not in my words, but in the words of the late, great dream expert, Jeremy Taylor. He said, all dreams reflect inborn creativity and the ability to face and solve life's problems. And here's how how it works. Let's say you go to bed um, and you just feel uneasy. And you know that you don't remember any dreams yet. you have to wake up, but you're feeling pretty at yourself. Well, what that means is you probably had a dream that in the course of the dream we whatever it was that was bothering you. And you may not remember it, but you do wake up feeling refreshed. Now, that's one way you think it It works better if you remember the dream, but even if you don't, it works, but I want to get back to what you're talking about where people say I don't drink because I do that all the time. Mm-hmm. I'll tell people what I do, and they'll say, Oh, I never dream. Right, first of all, in most cases, that's true. We all dream, uh, somewhere between uh, six and nine dreams a night, depending on our sleep. Now, most people are not going to remember Moses most of them. people aren't meant to remember most of them, because a lot of the dreams we have at night are really like our, our brain's filing cabinet. We, you know, it sorts through, you know, the previous days, events, and, and images and sort of files them away. So, you know, we're not meant to remember those dreams. So it's is sort of like, you know, historical dreams that help us just remain alert human beings. Uh, most people don't Remember their dreams because they don't think they're important. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people, and and this goes back to childhood because you know, as children, children, you know, we some people think start dreaming in the womb, uh, but as children, we start dreaming, and and our dreams as children are very simple. You know usually don't have a lot of uh, deep, deep, deep psychological meaning because, you know, we're just children. But how many times have parents, you know, maybe because they were never taught, uh, you know, had a child and say, oh, my mommy, I had a dream about this. And the other you know, people say, oh, it was just a dream, forget it. Yes, right. And you hear that enough times, and so you just get to the point where you say, oh, well, I don't think dreams are important. They they don't mean anything. It is it's it's sad that we do this because you know civilization, you know, throughout history has revered dreams. Um archaeological archaeologists uh, in India, they covered one of the first tablets that was written in Sanskrit and they translated it they realized it was a dream. You know, going back to ancient civilizations in Egypt and and in uh, Greece and in Rome, they all revered dreams. Greeks had temples that were devoted to dreams. Uh, and And other civilizations in America, the Iroquois, were dreaming civilization. This has gone on for years and years and years, and you know, in the past hundreds of years, you know, we sort of closed that down and said, you know, this is important. We're now at a point where we're realizing this has been such a detriment to society. It's a start remembering our dreams. We need to, as a, as
0: individuals and as a society remember our dreams and live our dreams. So then is there a difference between what people call daydreams and night dreams? Um yes and no. Um during the night um
1: we dream most of our dreams happen in our REM cycles during the night. Um and they are like I said the dreams that are filled with symbology and those sort of things. Um during the day, when we have dreams, um, they can be as potent. And this goes into uh, brain states. Uh, when we right now we're talking, we're in our beta state. That's normal everyday awake state. We dream in delta and theta state. When we have daydreams. Or, uh, sort of like in a meditative state, that's sort of an alpha state. So, there, there are different levels of brain activity, brain frequency. Uh, but daydreams can be very, very, very um, useful and powerful. Uh, it's that Thomas Edison was known for taking naps. And in his naps, he would get into this dreamlike state. And this is where he was able to come up with so many of his inventions through his mapping. Now, whether he had, I don't know for sure whether he, he kept dreams night, but we do know that he did get a lot of his inspiration from mapping. And, and this also ties into, you know, all the different things we can get out of our dreams. Uh, it's not just, you know, having um, a dream where you can solve your own problem. You can solve society's problems. Uh, mm-hmm. Elias Howe got the invention for the sewing machine from a dream uh, Thomas Jefferson came up with the Declaration of Independence in a dream I love it. Uh, there's so many countless examples throughout history of you know events and creativity how many people have written books and music and uh, movies all kinds of things that came out of dreams so It is so powerful
0: to our lives. Right. So then then the issue of trust comes in, right? The issue of listening, of listening deeply to whatever comes and trusting that, first of all, there's a value for it, that it's something to pay attention to. But, you know, I'm sure that the people that you work with, you know, are asking, well, how can I trust I've been given this image, how can I trust it enough to take action, enough to say this is the Declaration of Independence, right? So what about the issue of trust?
1: Well, I think people who have come to me, I think they've already established that you know, they have the trust because they they they're coming because they do believe in the power of their dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's the main thing and uh, the only way to to really have that trust is to show people that dreams do carry messages and uh, some of these examples that I've shown that, it, that you know it, throughout the course of history they've shown examples and uh I don't really know how other, other way to explain it except to say that, um, you know, we have to make that leap. We have to to say, yes, I do believe that this is important, and I do believe that this is something that's going to make a difference uh, for me. And just make that leap and just have that trust that this is something that's, Important and something that's worthwhile and something that is really going to have a lasting, positive benefit.
0: So do you think that dreams can also come from outside of us? You know, that when we're asleep that we can become a receiving station, so to speak, for um, others' thoughts, for uh, the cultural milieu, for transmissions um from other dimensions or from other people oh yes um
1: and and there's there are countless countless examples of this too i mean there are people who um, you know receive messages uh, well actually let me just take that even just um, I was going to go into, you know, actual projections and things, but let me be, take it a bit down and, and speak to communicating with a uh, deported loved one. Yeah. So many people uh, say that, you know, from, you know, loved ones who have passed and, you know, wondering, am I just imagining this or am I making this up? And No, it really is their the part of loved one communicating with them. And so many, so many people have been able to get so much peace. People also are able to communicate with um, other dimensions and other spirits. Uh, say it's easy, because it's not. And like I say, it's going to happen all the time because it doesn't. Uh, but is it possible? Yes. Yes, it is.
0: Well, I know I've had experiences like that. I know that uh, my father, who's been gone for 20-some years, if I have a dream where my father appears, I really feel like I am with him. It's a different quality. It's a different substance than some other images that happen even within the dream or within another dream. Um, Likewise, there are certain people who show up in my dreams, and when they do, I feel like I've had a visitation with them. Different than, uh, like I said, just the... um, the other quality of images so I'm glad to hear you say that because I think that also you know where these uh, ideas for sewing machines and you know inventions and things that haven't been thought of yet I mean it's really possible that, it's, that they are transmissions from some place else from some other field that we are able to tap into in our dream life
1: yes and you, know, and, you know, we know this, too, because, you know, look at the expression, let me sleep on it. Yes, right. You know, where does that come from? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, people have known that, you know, when, when they have a dream, their mind can take them and give them some image that will come up, that will give them that inspiration, their creativity, that message that will come. It happens when we allow ourselves to make it happen. And I guess I get back to that issue of trust, that we open ourselves up and, and allow it you know, and, and say, yes, I believe this can happen, and I'm going to make this happen.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, those are two different things. I believe this can happen, and I'm going to make this happen, which brings me to my next question about, Do we control our dreams or can we control our dreams? I know that there are people who actually seed their dreams with an intention. I want to dream about this or I want to have an answer about this question. And they seed their dreams. So in effect, are we controlling our dreams? Can we control our dreams?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And there
0: there are several ways we can do this. We talk about, you know,
1: seeding it with the intention. When we know we're looking for a particular answer to a problem, uh, this is a very effective way to help ourselves dream the answer. And and I will say that it does take work. It's It's not just a matter of saying, I'm going to dream about this, and it's going to happen. Maybe it will happen that way, but more likely than not, you do have to take the time to meditate on it to actually. You know, and, and there have been you know there's methodologies to do this. Let's say let's say that you are looking for a particular answer to something. Well, how do you go about doing it? Well, you take the time before you're ready to go to bed. And you write down, what is is it that I'm seeking? What's the answer I'm looking for? And write down in as much detail as possible, what is it that I'm looking for? And once you have that down, then put it in the form of a question. You know, what do I want? Or what's the answer to this or if it's a specific question about a specific problem. You know, write down that question and then meditate on that question for a while before you go to sleep. You think about it and keep asking yourself that question right before you go to sleep and then say I'm going to get the answer to this in my dream. And Again, that may not happen the first time you do it, but if you repeat that process, it will happen, and you will get an answer to whatever question it is that you're looking for. So there are different ways of doing this. Now, the other way you can also work with your dreams is uh, the idea of lucid dreaming. Lucid dreaming is where you... Are dream. It's when you are dreaming and you know you're dreaming while you're dreaming. So, mm-hmm. direct the dream while you are inside the dream. So, another way of dealing with, of working with dreams is the lucid dreaming. Uh, lucid dreaming is where you know you are dreaming while you are dreaming. And when you're in this state, uh, you take your dream where you want it to go. You can guide it. Uh, or you could just say, I'm going to serve where this dream's going to take me. i watch watching you while it's happening. And you're doing it. Lucid dreamers uh probably the, the favorite activity of lucid dreamers is flying. Mm-hmm. When you're flying in a dream, you can go anywhere, be anywhere, do anything. And so, sort of like, the, the common lucid dream is the flying dream, where you're doing that. But you also take lucid dreams anywhere, uh, and they can go and actually take you into different areas, different dimensions, different planets, different universes. Uh, you can go anywhere in your dreams. Yes,
0: you do definitely, definitely, definitely have the ability to, guys. Wow. So, Debbie Spector-Weisman, this conversation makes me want to go to sleep. (laughs) And I mean to go to to dream. Um, I've learned so much from you, and uh, I know that our listeners have, too, Can you tell us how uh, people can find you, how they can work with you, how they can learn more about you? Sure. The easiest way is to go
1: to the website, which is a dreamcoach.net. I guess net.net, dreamcoach.net. Also, the information on You can email me at at ebbyatthedreamcoach.net. I also have a weekly podcast called uh, Dream Power Radio, which is available wherever you get podcasts. Just Google Dream Power Radio and it will show up. And I've recently started a TV show called The Dream Power Show, which also features uh, dream experts and experts on uh, dream life, you know, all sorts of ways to uh, use, uh, you know, an empowerment and enrich us to make our lives better and to create change in our lives. So, uh, all kinds of ways. To get in touch with me.
0: Fantastic and fascinating. I thank you so much for this conversation. It's been uh, it's been absolutely illuminating and uh, has sparked my imagination for sure. So thank you. You're quite welcome. and sweet dreams, Sharon. <laughs> sweet dreams, Debbie. This has been Passing for Normal, Conversations About Change. If you like our podcast, please leave a review on iTunes or SoundCloud. It helps our audience to grow. To find out more about author Sharon Weil, go to SharonWileAuthor.com. You can also find out more about the changeability books and about all the guests featured in this podcast at that website. Large or small, go out today and make a brave change. Dare to bring new ideas forward. Our world needs you right now.